Hello and welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. We are firmly into the groove of the flat now. My name's Louis Tomlinson, sat next to me, as per usual, is Big Jim Watson. Hello. First classics out of the way, the 2000 and the 1000 guineas. We'll be dissecting all of them, as well as looking forward to a really, really competitive week, uh, weekend of racing. Some good puzzles for us to try and work out, Jimbo. Yeah, and not just puzzles from for this weekend last weekend was an absolute puzzle as well it was one of the most confusing weekends ever blew my brains out really the guineas and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to this weekend lots of big field handicaps so let's get into it on by Magna Grecia and King of Change and these three are the front three at the moment ten sovereigns isolated out in the centre a stable companion Magna Grecia hits the front in the guineas Scardu Urban Icon out in the centre with ten sovereigns under the near side rail it's Magna Grecia however who is clear by two lengths from Time of Change and then behind King of Change and then over on the outside Scardu ten guineas Raiden O'Brien Magna Grecia beat King of Change it was tight the third between Mad Moon who ran on with Scardu of a pot for the podcast landed in the 2000 guineas Magda Grisha we both thought he was going to win it was absolute insanity that he went off 11 to 2 well all the money came for 10 sovereigns didn't he he ended up 9 to 4 and I I couldn't believe my eyes good job I got best odds guaranteed because I were 4 to 1 Magda Grisha and he was an emphatic winner wasn't he yeah I mean this race is going to take a fair bit of a Work it out. Magna Grecia, the winner, down the near side. King of Change, 66 to 1, 92 rated horse. has finished runner up in the Guineas. He's obviously taken a massive step forward. I know he'll have benefited from the way the race was ran, but he's clearly better than the 92 horse. Skardu third, the winner of the winner down the, of the main body down the centre. Then Mad Moon, 10 sovereigns, and Shine So Bright. The other horse who ran on the stand side, he came home in sixth. I mean, first of all, we'll start with the winner. Are you of the opinion that Magna Grisha wins this no matter where on the track he was? Yeah, I think he was the top-class horse in this field. He stayed the distance well. I even think he looked slightly green. I think he, he'd still improve. He's, Penny's not fully dropped no, him, has it? He's, as he come down the dip, he looked a bit all at sea, I thought, and then he pricked his ears as he was coming back up and he absolutely hosed up. I, I, I think that although Shine So Bright give the two first and second such a good lead, I think that Magna Grisha would have won if he was on the other side of the track. Um, Donna could give him a very, very good ride and I think there's a lot more to come from Magna Grisha and I think he is an out-and-out miler. I don't Maybe test the waters a bit later on in the season over one mile two. I, I could see, yeah, I want to say I can see him getting ten furlongs. But I, I think that a mile campaigned properly this season. Saint James's Palace could go for the Irish two thousand. I, I think that he's a solid candidate over a mile. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought before the race, Magda Grisha was the most suitable. You know the most suitable horses, and he's it's it was pretty emphatic in the end, Jim. I mean, the the way the race panned out, it was there was Magna Grecia, King of Change, and Shine So Bright all race down the stand side. The other sixteen of them all down the middle. And I was listening to an interview with Donica yesterday, saying like as they came into the dip, he knew they were two lengths up. Mm. They were two lengths up. So the the way the way the race panned out, do you think it was completely unsatisfactory? 
it it was, but we've seen it. We saw it that year with Kingman and Night of Thunder. They all spread apart that year, and that was confusing. So I think Magna Grisha is just the best horse in this division at this moment in time that turned up on the day. Um, I think Ten Sovereigns ran very, very well. I was I question marks about his stamina, but yeah, he, oh. he had to make his own running, and he's, he's just tired in the final furlong and hung a bit slightly, and I think he's done well to finish fifth. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I've, I I think it wasn't really a case of ten sovereigns running below par. I just think it was ten sovereigns running as well as he could have done in a race that wasn't particularly suitable for him. Yeah, I I think ten sovereigns would be very talented back down at six. Him and Calix in the Commonwealth Cup would be some sight to see. That's the thing. He's by no way never out of an exceeding XL mare, mm. which was the entire reason why I thought this is absolute madness, his favourite for a guinea's. His pedigree is all speed, and he's ran fairly well to finish fifth. Uh, the place tosses, king of change, uh, Richard Hannan, I say he's had, he's, ha- he's had a couple of uh, big price ones run well in both guineas before. No one saw this coming really with this lad, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up confirming himself as a good group three, group two horse. Do you think? Uh, I, I'm willing to see how he runs next time. I think he'd be interested if someone went, you fancy buying him or selling him? Because I think you could get big bucks for him. Um, he, he won a nice race at Nottingham, a novice race, but it wasn't the standard of the guineas. Um, and he's obviously improved. I, I think that... The other Richard Hannon horse interested me in this race and caught my eye a bit, Urban Icon. Uh, I, I think seven furlongs would be his bag. I think something like the jersey further on in the season. can see that completely. It'd be something more his bag. And I think Urban Icon's got a serious future ahead of him. Uh, I was re- really impressed. He, he was held up on what was obviously not the quickest pace on the wrong side of the track. And he, he just sort of tailed off. And he was fifth of that group on his own. So I think Urban Icon's one to take out the race for me and certainly one for the jersey in the future. Yeah, the first two from the uh, from the main pack as well. I think both ran well. Skardu third, Mad Moon fourth. I think Skardu is a, still a top, top, top prospect and only his third start. Yeah. I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised if this horse was winning group ones. Yeah, um, I wouldn't disagree with you there because I think... William Agus will take a bit of a conservative approach with him now. He's not a trainer to rush into things. He, I don't think he'll go straight. I don't think they'll have a rematch against Magna Grisha in the 2000 Irish. No. Uh, I think they might go to the St. James's Palace. Uh, the distance was fine. He, he ran on well. I, I think Scardu's ran his race. Um, maybe he might have been closer if he, if he was on the other side. But I think Scardu's got a big future ahead. Yeah, um, Mad Moon. I think he'll be a better horse up in trip. Yeah, he, he looked like one mile two, one mile four. Completely. Could be, could be something more his bag later on this season. And cracking cracking run by Mad Moon and Kevin Prendergast's record in England has continued to spiral. I mean, but spiral. That's, you always have a look. Whether he, whether it's the winner or an horse in the place, you, there's always a, a horse who runs in the Guineas who you kind of look at and think, hmm, maybe the Derby? Yeah. And I think Mad Moon is the one from this year's renewal that you'd look at and think could be more of a derby horse, although I'm not sure. Like you've said, maybe 10 furlongs rather than 12. Yeah. But 
I, I, I liked what he did at Newmarket, but we both think this winner is a serious horse. Yeah, uh, and I, I do think this race will come out to be fairly strong yeah, in the future. That was going to be my next question. Overall, the good guineas, and it's a resounding yes. Yeah, even though there was such a massive track bias. What about the Phillies uh, racing? Hermosa, the winner for Wayne Lord and Aidan O'Brien. How many times, I mean, we'll have to try and work this out, Jim. How many times has Aidan O'Brien won the 1,000 guineas with a horse who's his third or fourth string? It's mental, isn't it? A bit like Winter. Winter, Homecoming Queen. Yeah. Long. Was that not, uh, did that not start as, oh, what was it called, David, uh, David Watchman? Yes, it did, yeah. David Watchman. Yeah, you're right there. In fact, David Watchman. No, I'm, I'm, I think it was Aidan O'Brien when she won the Guinness. Do you think? I, I can't remember someone after. It was a cool It you. was a cool more outsider than anything. <laughs> Lady K, a second, the favourite cabal of third. Uh, I think this was a much... Even though the 2000 guineas was unsatisfactory in the way the race panned out, I think the result will stack up. Yeah? I think this is messier. Do you think? Um, Hamosa, very solid performance, made all, galloped all the way to the line. And last season, had a proper busy campaign, as Aidan sometimes does with his two-year-old. Seven runs, two wins. I think she was very good in that group three. At Nice, and I didn't expect her to be anywhere near this class, but she sort of stepped on again, as sometimes Aiden's fillies do. And I think further distances as well one mile, two, one mile, four the Orcs would be an obvious option for Hermosa. Uh, I was very, very impressed with this performance, and she gave gener- generously, I thought. The thing is, she was. She was ahead for a long for a long way. Yeah. And she was off the bridle a long way. Yeah. And I don't think she's quick and she's not pulled any further clear. Which would that not suggest to you that she's beaten? So do you think that she's outstayed them in the guineas? To a degree. And also that she's not facing a brilliant class of you know, I I don't think this is a vintage crop of mile in Phillies. Do you not think? Because you look at Iridessa, Iridessa won the about three six five mile last year, Phillies mile. Dan Dew had won the trial. Well, it, it, no, it, I don't Cabal like it, I don't like Iridessa's form. Do you not? No, I, I, I know she won the Phillies mile, but before that, Fairyland had bang top, average. Fairyland had top form over six. Obviously, didn't stay the trip. Lady Kaya possibly hasn't found as much over a mile as over seven furlongs. She's a cracking also, really, really nice man. Oh, yeah, only for a small up, yard. Only picked up for. 12 grand. Absolute Is, steal. Robbie, Robbie Colgan used to ride over at Jumps, didn't he? I can't remember. I think I, I think he rode... This is me being a Grand National nerd back in there. Even on the, even when we're talking about the classic, I managed to bring it back to the Grand National. Correct, I mean, if listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Email angrily. Get your pitch rocks out. I think he rode a horse called Last Time Dolbane for Liam Cusack in the Grand National about five years ago. Do you, do you remember that? Or he he ran, finished second in the top of the year before and went at Beaches. Not a clue. Uh, anyway, a very, very expected tangent from me there. <laughs> what else would I talk about? Um, no, she's in smashing also, Lady Kerr, and I, I say, there's good... Ra- what, there's a ra- that's a race at Glory's Goodwood over seven furlongs, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. The, the oak tree stakes, yeah. you call it. Something like that, down the line, although I'm sure there'll be ample opportunities in Ireland for her as well. I probably like her more than the winner. Do you? I do. Ooh. I do, 
Um, Kabala, far from disgraced on her third start. You, again, you could see her taking steps forward. I think I'd, this just came a bit quick. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can make too many excuses. Just beaten by a better one on the day. Yeah. But I think going forward... She'll be better than them two in front of her in, in the future, I think. Yeah, so do I. Um, I thought she ran very well. She just didn't quite have that turn of speed as she did at uh, a trial in a couple of weeks ago. So I think Kabbalah's one to possibly keep your eye on. Angel Hideaways, Angel's Hideaway, sorry, has run an absolute cracker. Uh, yeah, I think I sort of I liked her profile. She was slow away when she was behind Kabbalah, and she ran on seriously well to put up a really useful performance. Um, she was third that day in the Nelguin. So I think that Angel's Hideaway, although she's exposed, she's had nine runs and no one. It was sort of, there was a couple in this that were really exposed, and they've run really solid sort of race, haven't they? Like iconic choice. Iconic Choice has done well to finish seventh in the 1,000 guineas. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the fans. Iridessa, I just don't think there's particularly many excuses. I don't think the races she won last season were great. And it is, it, it's that old saying of the one run in the Phillies mile is head and shoulders better than everything she's done. Yeah. You know, if she hadn't have won that Phillies mile, prior to that she was third in a listed race. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you'd be thinking, oh, she's done well to progress from finishing third in a listed race to eighth here. She's just not a horse that particularly. Wow, you captures my imagination at yeah, all. I can see. I, I can. I like. I can agree with you thinking there, but a bit disappointing for Skitter Scatter. Very fourteenth. Uh, she looked small. I thought. Yeah, uh, that, that that that's. I, I guess that's that's a line of thinking that a lot of people seem to have at the minute although that they have she's not trained on because she's small at like the range of there was rumours that she's teared, torn something in her uh, that left leg so uh, I don't know if that, that rumour's true right so maybe there's a, there is excuses but never really settled and there was little to come from her in the last couple of furlongs yeah fair, fair enough Jim although I don't think I don't think this race will have any bearing on the open group ones. Yeah. At the end of the season. I don't think a minding has won this. No. Uh, I think minding would be up there. Like there's a there's a there's a sort of standard of a guineas where you think, Wow, that's a proper guineas winner and this year I, d- I don't think the I don't really think there's been one in either that is like a wow factor in both guineas. But it's been a satisfactory guineas. Although, I'm, I'm saying this, and I, I think I might be being slightly guilty of this. Well, I am. Are, are we discounting Hermosa because she was the third string? Yeah, I think we are. Are, are, are we slightly thinking, Ugh. you know, if 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 Hermosa was half the price, would, 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 I, would I, and this is entirely me, would, would I be thinking slightly more, this is a top-class filly rather than the race has been ran to suit her and she's beaten a group of horses who weren't strong stayers. Well, it'll be interesting to see how, if she goes for the Oaks, how the jockey bookings line up for her. Because... She d- yeah, she d- well, he's got the favourite. Because she's got Pink Dogwood. Dogwood um, 
there's just wonderful in there who was further behind. It'd be interesting to see who rides who, because Ryan would probably ride Pink Dogwood, wouldn't he? Because he's because she's favourite. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting if Wayne Lorden keeps a ride and what quite goes on there. Yeah, I mean on on pedigree she'll stay. Yeah. Forces to Hydrangea, who was you know a Group One winning filly for the for the O'Briens, and the United States. Do you remember him? He, he, yeah, he, he was another man in the uh, purple colours. Yeah, uh, round there. Yeah, so on on pedigree, th- th- both of their best form came over ten to twelve furlongs. Yeah, so Hermosa, you, you could see improving for the step up in trip. I'm just not sure how good of a guineas this was. Yeah. Uh, it's, the ne- it's the next logical step for the winner of the 1,000 guineas, isn't it, technically, you think about it, and it is the 2,000, and if they don't look like they stay or they're not bred to stay, don't bother. Although, I think we might have seen the winner of the Oaks Hatchester yesterday. Do you think? Madai. still needs to be supplemented, do not she? Yeah, but that that was ridiculous. There was a BHA release he broke, there was some dried blood on, on her somewhere, so there could have been a slight niggling injury as well. I only read that late last night, so I could have been dreaming. In fact, while we're in fact while we're here, we can't really talk about Chester because we recorded this on the Thursday again, halfway through the meeting. Sir Dragon it, Jim, as well. I like the Chester Vars. Do you? As in terms of a Derby trial, I prefer the Chester Vars to the Dante. Do you? I think. Don't get me wrong. I think the Dante is often won by a better horse. In time. Oh, have we seen that with Roaring Lion? Yeah. Or the Grey Gatsby in the past? Yeah. Neither of them are Derby horses. Yeah. You know, the extra two furlongs of the Chester Vars and the, you know, Chester is a much more similar course to Epsom. Yeah. In that, and I always tend to think the winner of the Chester Vars, how, you know, when has the winner of the Chester Vars ever gone a favourite for the Derby? I can't remember one in my lifetime. No. And I bet, I bet if you were to have an each way level stake, I might try and work it out on the winner of the Chester Vars every year I reckon you'd be pretty close to profit yeah. rule of the world won at 14s yeah who else have we had master of the horse placed yeah uh, you know I, I, it's a race it's a race I quite like that was a bit of a tangent but I, I think Sir Dragon again he's got to take very very close did you rank. hear Donica talking about him uh, before like way before at the start of ITV it was like we didn't even know we had him in our stables yeah. like three months ago they must have that many oh it's unbelievable they didn't he's, he's a, dar- a possible derby winner's just been sat in your stables just doing nothing and only last got saw at Tipperary in April it's absolute mental and it was a really solid performance in what was a race I thought was solid with Norway Dashing Willoughby and King Ottaker and I thought they were all solid and even Technician he didn't quite run his race I think that the it, was, it was a good chest of ours. I think that was a solid race. I, I was all over King Gotica after he won that nice Newbury conditions race. So I, I, th- I think that he's very impressive and I won't put you off him for the Guineas. Uh, for the Derby, sorry. Right, back to Newmarket. The Palace House Stakes and, well, the genuine Group 1 horse in the race won it. Mab's Cross. Beating Equilateral by a nick, that's probably... That's back on track for Equilateral. Major jumbo, solid as a rock, back in third. Sergei Prokofiev, fourth, although... I, I, I think people might have differing views on Sergei's run, 
But we'll start with the winner, Mabs Cross, five years of age now, but she's just an absolute speedball and a proper, proper horse for Michael Dodds. Yeah, absolute solid performer for one for Yorkshire. Yeah, um, come on. Uh, was impressive to us last year, just touched off in the Nunthorpe at York and then got a come by by winning the Abbey, which was a very good payout for David Armstrong and... She had a penalty to carry in this, but it didn't seem to bother her. She she got up by an ex. She's always fairly slowly into, into stride, and then she puts her head down and she battles up that hill. But I think the track suits her down to the ground. Uh, and I think Matt, this was a really good performance from Mabs Cross. I'm, I'm can poke holes at the form, personally. Equilateral, I'll probably give Equilateral about 400 tries, and I'd still keep backing him. Uh, or she and Murphy got a right tune out of him, and... I don't know where I stand with Equilateral at this moment in time. Major Jumbo ran better than I was expecting. I had a bet with my dad that Sergei Prokofiev would beat Major Jumbo. So, fingers burnt. <laughs> uh, and Sergei, I, I, I was hot on him. I thought I thought he'd take all the beating. Um, I'm not quite sure he's the superstar I first thought he was. Um, I thought five furlongs would be right up his bag. Maybe an even quick a faster run race would suit him maybe the king stand at Ascot it'd be worth a go he's only free though it's this this stage of the season to be taking on seasoned group one horses like Mab's Cross I wouldn't be surprised if it was a case of Sergei you know is a better horse later in the year yeah just just with more experience against him I know he's getting weight off everything here but it's more than that, you know. It's the experience and it's the mental side of it. You, you, you wouldn't be. I, I mean, I wouldn't be completely dismissive of him. Yeah. Based on that, the Roaring Lion Jockey Club Stakes in Group Two over a mile and a half. Uh, I thought this was a messy race, Jim, but you want to talk about it? Communicate the winner. I was really impressed with Communicate, given absolute peach textbook Sylvester D'Souza ride from the front. I thought this race was strong on form. I thought Defoe had a serious chance. I thought Coronet, she looked a bit awkward. I think she'll definitely improve for that run. And I thought I'd really like Young Rascal. But Communique was a solid winner and I could even progress from this. Um, I, I quite like to see him put into top class level. And I think there's a few in these who you should keep your eye on. They're not, they're not donkeys. Um, I know it's group two, but... I think Defoe, Coronet, Young Rascal and Communicate are all horses to take forward further on in the season. I'm, I'm not sure how much about into that form. Yeah. I think it was a peach of a ride from Sylvester D'Souza. Textbook. Yeah, but how much has that affected? The, I mean, I, I, I think that's what's won the race for Communicate. Yeah. I think he's a decent listed level horse. I think he'd be absolutely bad in a group one. Yeah. I don't think he'd be anywhere near. Defoe's come slightly back to form, although, again, probably a level below what he was doing last season. Coronet, I can see where you're coming from, saying she needed the run. But, again, this was a winnable race. It was a winnable race for Defoe. It was a winnable race for Coronet, and it was a winnable race for Young Rascal. Yeah. And they've all flopped. The horse who's finished third, Mildenberger, was beaten 7th of 12 in a handicap at Epsom last time. Yeah, out. but I've been off since the Dante. Um, so, I, I think you could... Yeah, definitely yeah, would have improved for that run. I He'd could, been off for a long period of I time. I can understand that, but messy race. Not, I, I, it's something I will be taking 
with a huge pinch of salt yeah. in that form. Uh, the daily stakes, so I won't be taking with a pinch, pinch of salt uh, this race. Worth waiting, the winner for David Lanigan Tipped and James up by Hill. you? Well, half. I, I thought she was interesting because, say, all of her form last year was over a mile and a half. Eight to one when you tipped her up. Banged in at threes. Oh, we all love it. It's been a cracking weekend for the podcast. Lewis Tomlinson doesn't know about flat racing. 8-1 to one winner, 11-2 to two winner. Get in there. Uh, she's done this well, though, Jim. And say she does have form over much further. So she could be a proper filly to go to war with this season. Yeah, I, I can com- completely see where you're coming from. There was obviously... It, it was a bit of a confusing race, I think. Uh, Bills and Brooks let down a lot. Nyaletti was thought the world of as a two-year-old, one nigh on everything. Voracious was this progressing four-year-old of Sir Michael, Michael Stouts. I'm worth waiting. Now I look at it, was the best horse in the race, and I think she's got a serious head of, season ahead of her. Oh yeah, I, I I I I think this was pretty good. You can see anything really like anything from like the Sun Chariot. I mean, that's over a mile, isn't it, really? What's the Africa of the Nassau? What, you know, one, two down Goodwood. Uh, anything like that. I say she was fourth in the May last season, and that was only on her, what, fifth or sixth start? Sixth. Yeah. Sixth start. You look, so you look at that and you think, you know, there's still room to progress this season. I could see her being closer than that. I think this is a good filly. Yeah. And I, I like what she's done here. Voracious and Bill's done Brooke. Slightly disappointing on the day, but I would say I think they've bumped into a good one. And before we wrap Newmarket up, uh, Jim, I know you want to just talk about On The Warpath, who looked like a group horse in a handicap, really. I was really, really impressed. And as you've just said, he does definitely look like a, a, a graded horse for the future. He's... He's had a, he had a busy campaign in May, Dan. Uh, he was never out the first three in his three races, and he won one of them. I think that it was a solid field. I really like Flavius Titus, and Summergand reversed the placings with him from last time. So I think on the warpath could be a horse to put in your trackers because I think a step up in class will certainly be needed after this. Yeah, I mean, he won this off 102. He'll probably go up to borderline... Listed level, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was around 109 or 110 Yeah. for this, which, you know, if, if he was 110, he'd have to be running in black type races. Yeah. So, but he looked like a nice, a properly nice one. Uh, again, b- b- just before we go, I'll have a very, very quick uh, mention of Max Sad, who won the Pretty Poly Stakes. Again, looks a real Oaks contender, two from two there, absolutely. I mean, her and Twist and Shake, who's a really, really well-bred horse, mm-hmm. you know, they ran away with the field in a good maiden at the Craven meeting. And Max had backed that form up with a good winning listed company. And we also saw at the Craven meeting UAE Jewel, who hosed up in the race after the Guineas. Yeah, the beating, Newmarket. Beating a, horse, beating a horse, marking the Sandoai great fairly highly. So I think they're two nice horses to look yeah. forward to in the future. Come on, Bob Rocks, little brother. <laughs> Come on, the boy. Uh, I think that's it for Newmarket, Jim. A pretty productive weekend for the boys. Yeah, not a bad weekend. Happy days. Right, time to look ahead to this weekend. We'll be talking about action, action from Haydock, Ascot, Lingfield and Leopardstown.
mile and it's early morning and Holly Doyle now being passed by Alex Peich and Raising Sand and it is Raising Sand to the rising cheers of the crowd who's gone on now by two winding lengths. It's Raising Sand for Europe out clear as they come towards the line. Alex Peich and Raising Sand win the mile over Kieran McEvoy. I mean, the first thing to do after a weekend of classic action and classic <laughs> trials is obviously go back to the jumps get in the Swinton hurdle oh the season ended last week and we've already missed it too much so we're already going to be getting stuck into the Swinton uh, and the bet best prices 8-1 to one co- uh, sorry 6-1 to one Sophia's Rock 8 St. Christopher Wood and Mr. Fisher 12s Dino Velvet Fisole John Constable La Patriot Leon Cavallo you can have 14s for Arthington Champagne City and Stern Rubin, who in my head has won this race about five times. <laughs> uh, and then 16s and bigger, the remainder. Jim, I know, I know you've got a fancy in this. I've, I've not contained my excitement this season for Christopher Wood. He's been... He's only had three runs and he's a juvenile. Uh, he won his first two, which were fairly ordinary races, but he's won them decisively. His third at Aintree was... Really, really good behind Pentland Hills and Fakir Dudere. He's a four-year-old in this race. He's been allotted a nice weight of 11 stone too. Nichols' horses have been firing. We saw he had two winners at Ascot early on this week. In fact, it wasn't Ascot, was it? It was... Uh, was it Kempton? Two winners at Kempton earlier this week. Yeah. Dole, Dole lost one of them and Romain de Sanam won yesterday. Yeah. T for two came second I know, in he a race. Um, so, I, I, I think... The form is there for Christopher Wood. He was entered in the Scottish Champion Hurdle with a lot of this field as well. I think he'll only progress next season, and I'm a massive fan of him. And eight to one is a price that is right up my street. I, I, yeah, I, I, can, I can see you've made a very strong case for him there, Jim. You, you've made a good case for him. I mean, obviously. Mr. Fisher's been tipped on the podcast <laughs> twice in the past month. Mr. Fisher is our podcast horse. To win the... Well, I mean, we thought he was going to win the race Felix Deji won at Aintree and he didn't turn up. <laughs> then we thought he was going to win the Scottish Championship and he didn't turn up. So just so knowing our luck... So we won't tip him up here no, and he'll go and, and win. He'll go and win. He'll go and win. But if he does turn up, I think he's the one they've got to beat. You know, course and distance format, Haydock as well. Which, like you said, can be a bit of a weird track. Yeah. I like to see a horse who can do it at Haydock. And he he beat Bright Forecast. The the form's been boosted since then in the Ballymore, I think. Uh, yeah, and I think it was a good Supreme. Yeah, I, I think, think ev- everything that's run in the Supreme and ran since. Classical Dreams, an obvious champion hurdle contender. Uh, and Felix Deji's Fakir well. Dudery links with Christopher Wood. I think it's all there. And yeah. I think Mr. Fisher and Christopher Wood, in my head, would be the joint favourites. I wouldn't have Sophia's rock as short as what she is. No, although while, while we're talking about Christopher Wood, were you slightly disappointed with Fakir Dudery getting beat by Fusel Raffles? He'd had a long season, hadn't he? Yeah, I could, yeah fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm willing to give that, put a line through that run. I don't think the race was run to suit him as much. Not slagging off Derek O'Connor, who took over for Mark Walsh. I don't think he knew the horse as well. I don't think he understood he had to sort of go off at a fair gallop. I was impressed with Fusel Raffles, but uh, I think that Fakir's had a long season. In fact, what, what, what Barbary issue is just rattle through. 
the, the final two days of Punches Town will just shack and paw swage him. How often is it you see a horse make their debut after the Cheltenham Festival and prob- and then become, what, the most impressive novice chaser over two miles this season? Beating Defi de Soy and Duke de Geneva, we knew the Arkle was crap. <laughs> um, we knew the GLT wasn't very good either. No, we're joking. Um, yeah, a really, really good performance and certainly a horse to put in your notebooks for the future. I mean, in terms of could be absolutely anything... I don't think that applies to a horse as well as Shaq Unpossible. This could be a 180 horse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we genuinely don't know. And in the abs- in the possible absence of Altior from the Queen Mum next season, you've got a real contender there. Yeah. Not Duke de Geneva. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the stayers heard, obviously, the other big race of the week. Go on, the old boy. Great. You know means? Baffled by that. I don't understand. I've been... I, Although I backed Paisley Park in the stairs hurdle, I also backed, you know what I mean, Harry? Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote an article for the Register about the stairs hurdle back in January. And, I, and you know, I mean, Harry was 33, and he was my each-way angle to the race. I thought he'd achieved far more he's, he's, in the past year yeah. than some horses. Yeah, he, in the he's a now. cracking animal, and he's... He obviously sure he's reproduced his top form, hasn't he? And it's great to see. And some lovely place money for the podcast with Bapom and Bacardi's <laughs> second and third. That's all that matters. Uh, back to Haydock, though. Now, I mean, I'm struggling to look for an interesting angle in this, really. Other yeah. than that, you know, the two novices, Mister Fisher and Mister Fisher and Sophia's Rock. Obviously, Sophia's Rock. Well, they're not novices anymore, are they? Because it's a new season. Oh. You've had a nightmare there. Well, no, the, the thing is, Jim, this always winds me up. You get to October. Oh, <laughs> I know what you you're going to run. You see one on a horse's farm card. You think, oh, it's done well, first time out. First time out was in May. <laughs> and it's been off for six months like everything else. You know, oh. Uh, Sophia's Rock won two of the three starts for Harry Skilton, who's completed the... Uh, the achievement of riding a winner at every jumps course in Britain this week. We won at one up at Kelso, and that was the final one for him to tick off the list. Uh, not mad sure how much, you know, how strong those novice hurdles were, Jim. I think it, she's he's a fairly short price favourite. Yeah, Don't but, get it. Uh, uh, Ludlow race was a won well at Ludlow. Um, she they're rated. There's two pound difference between Sophia's Rock and Christopher Wood. Christopher Wood is, oh, Christopher Wood's better. His form's stronger. Yeah, uh, Mr. Fisher's rate one four five. Sophia's Rock is five pounds. Well, you think what did Mr. Fisher go off for the Supreme? Fourteen, something like that. What would Sophia's Rock have gone off after beating Goodman Jim? Who's what a great the... name! You'd <laughs> <laughs> have a miserable man, Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, good man, Jim, who's rated 114, a move above who's rated 108. Probably gone off 50s. 50s, exactly. So I think Mr. Fisher can give Sophia's Rock £5. Yeah. That's that, that's that's my angle into it. Uh, Dino Velvet as well. He's a he's, horse that you quite like. Yeah, runner-up to Verdana Blue in the Scottish Champion Hurdle. You know, he'd won his prior two starts up at Stratford and Market Raids. And, uh, he's off a mark of 135. I wouldn't be surprised if he, he could get to 140. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think there's a still a fair bit of juice in that. Last year's 
trainer Evan Williams brought Silver Streak here and progressed him onto further bigger things. John Constable. John do Constable. He, do you reckon he could I mean, throw his hat into the ring? He's here? rated 132 now. He ran in the champion hurdle it's last a season. Dangerous mark, isn't it? It really is. He's a better horse than that. Yeah. Um, he's course and distance winner. I think that he's as we've talked about before with course form at Haydock. I think he's interesting, John Constable at twelve to one. And Leon Cavallo, who obviously would have won the champion hurdle if it wasn't for that darn flu vaccination <laughs> and his moany owners. But again, he's a solid enough type in races like this. Yeah, you could you could see him easily finishing in the first five. Uh, Mr. Fisher, the one for me for the third time in a row. Uh, in terms of podcast cliff horse of the year. It very, very much could be this one. At least, at least we you could get a run for your money this time. Possibly. Please yeah. turn up. Yeah, uh, Christopher Wood for me. Right, nice one. I think that'll be the last, the last jumps race we discuss. Unfortunately, until what? Possibly Galway. <laughs> Maybe if we're that desperate to get back to the jumps. Oh, I will be. <laughs> I will be. You know that the Roll of Merrick is a better race than the Ark every year. <laughs> it is. Oh dear. It's like, like, like that old saying, you know, I've seen on Twitter where he goes, uh, if, you know, Winks can't be that good if she's rated 132, which is 14 pounds below Bywise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Go on, Bywise. He's retired now, isn't he? But what a legend. Uh, the Victoria Cup, pretty similar race to the Swinton, this, in terms of big field handicap, hard to work out. I mean, I'm not even going to have a go because I, I, I say I watched practically zero flat racing last season due to what being working all the time and a, a, a busy man uh, Kate Byron heads the betting 10 to 1 co-favourite of three with Kinran who was runner up in the Lincoln and Ripoff who won this last year you see I do know some things about the flat <laughs> uh, then Blue Mist glorious journey in the old shake mole colours remarkable and then bigger prices 20 to 1 bar them uh, Jim the three co-favourites who do you like most? Oh, what a question. I wasn't expecting it. You'd have to go with Ripoff. He's an absolute solid, consistent type barring last time. You can, they didn't go quick enough last time. You put a line through him. Um, he was carrying eight stone one in this race last year. He's carrying eight, nine. Haley Turner's back on board. I think Ripoff... Is a is a solid candidate. Kimron's run in the Lincoln was really really solid. Uh, I thought that oh, he obviously bumped into one in Oxhead, isn't didn't he? He'd been plotted out for the race. I, I th- at one stage I thought he was going to win, and and you can sort of look at the form and Beringer's come out and won since. Uh, I think it was a good Lincoln. Do you think? Uh, I think he's a graded horse Oxhead, and I'd rather have. Kimron and Ripoff over Kate Byron. And that's nothing against Kate Byron. He went off short as anything for the uh, Challenge Cup when he finished seventh. And he, the, these sort I mean, of. Yeah, I mean, he was second to Ripoff over C and D before that in September. Yeah. Yeah. I can. It's, got, it's, it's a confusing race because all these could run against each other about 400 times and there'd be a different outcome every time. Yeah. Um, horses at bigger prices. Caradoc's interesting. Uh, he's only had. Three runs. I, th- I think that Ed Walker could still progress him. It's, they're the sort of owners, if they're not good enough, they get rid of him. Um, so I think Caradox performance at Haydock. I was there when he was second to Haydock and I backed him. I, I wasn't disappointed with his run. 
the f- the form has taken knocks since. But yeah, I was I was gonna say, eighty seven. Look, the potential is there. I don't think what he's achieved is a, that of an eighty seven horse at no. the minute. No, uh, I, I agree with you there. Glorious journey won a Group Three in France back end of last season. Uh, one hundred and nine back into a handicap again. Could could you see that? It's or is it slightly again the the bookies being? I mean. I always take notice when there's a horse in these colours. Yeah. You know, but... I, I, I can see it with him. I yeah. can see it. Won a group three in France. Obviously, you know, well beaten. I think he wants I think he wants good to soft ground, and that's what it currently is at Ascot. Because, yeah, he's been running on good ground. He's won on good ground, and he was... Ninth in the jersey. I thought that was a fairly decent performance. Uh, glorious journey's interesting. Be interesting to see how he how he performs. Yeah. He, won, he won first time out. Cause first it, time he runs, so he, he might be fit for this. Because it's it's the difference between the fact of the jumps is that we don't really get to see horses who've run in graded races. Oh, sorry, won graded races, then back into handicap so soon. Mm. You know, but this is interesting. A mark of a hundred and I might not be beyond him. Uh, the other one I thought it might be worth talking about is Blue Mist. Yeah. For Roger Charlton. Still pretty lightly raced, only had seven starts. I say won a class three at Ascot back end of last season in October. My only negative is Roger Charlton's stable form. He had a winner the other day, but his he's, horses aren't running spectacularly. Uh, he had a well fancied one up at Weatherby first time out, and he slightly underperformed, I think, uh, although he could have bumped into one. You could you could see you could make your case for him. He's is a solid candidate. Uh, could be a lot more progression from four, f- from three to four. But a horse that I like at a fairly bigish price is Caso, Nigel Tinklers. Um, he ran a solid race last time, over a mile at Ripon, and I think he bumped into a well handicapped type that day. Step back to seven furlongs, I think suits him more. He won off a mark of 87 at Chester over seven furlongs, and, and that race has come out to be fairly strong. Beat Mickey and Pentwortham, and Pentwortham's a favourite, I think, today at Chester. So I, I, I think he's been allocated a weight of eight stone one. Holly Doyle will get on board. She can do them low weights. She's a really solid rider. Started off racing rated 56. Possibly might still need to improve again, but will be fit for them first two runs this season. I think that Kesel's interesting at a bigger price if the, there's five places. The other interesting one, and I think I think if you're looking for each way value... Is it going to be Raising Sand? It is. That's my other one. It <laughs> is. It is Raising Sand, yeah. Course and distance form here is brilliant. It really is. If you look at all of his runs at Ascot over a mile or seven furlongs, winner back end of 2016, 14-runner race. Then wins again in August in the Shergar Cup mile, 4th of 17... In, a, in the QNR handicap, which is what Ripoff won this year. He, he was fourth in that 2017. Then third in the Challenge Cup behind Accidental Agent. The only His only poor run at Ascot, really, came in this race last year. Yeah. It was, it was well down the field there. But after that, seventh of 30 in the Royal Hunt Cup. Eighth of 20 in the QNR handicap again. Then won the Challenge Cup this year. So there's, there's nine runs at Ascot over races of this similar distance. He's only ever been out of the first half once. Yeah. And he's won three of them. Yeah. 
you know, you, if, if you're looking for a horse who will give you a run for the money and will probably be somewhere between first and tenth, it's raising he's, he's a really awkward ride, though. He, he's a right hold-up horse. You've got to come through horses with him and deliver him, like, bang on the line. So, Nicola Curry, I love her hands for, but she's a top-class rider. Oh, yeah, I like Nicola Curry. Uh, so, for me, Raising Sand, Queso, and Kinran. It'd be Raising Sand for me. You know, you, 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 I mean, I'm sure bookies will be paying five places on this. They'd have to be. Could even be six in certain. Yeah, so uh, he, he'd be the solid one for this. I think there might be horses who are more likely to win than him. Yeah, but I think you were looking as an, as a way to get some money back. Sixteen to one each way is as fair a price. Yeah, uh, Jim, do you want to talk about the uh, Oaks Trail at Lingfield at all, or do, are we just going to see this is a rubbish? I race? think it's a, a watch and learn race. There's no official betting up for it at the minute. Frankelina's obviously could be absolutely anything. She yeah. won first time out. No, I'm not really a strong interest. I'd quite like to see Frankelina come out and absolutely hose up King Powers in this very expensive purchase. I think it's a watch and learn race. No bet, but just enjoy. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with you on that. Uh, she's second favourite, that frankly. Torteki is favourite. Uh, won at Chelmsford back in the November for a Roger Varian, but... Again, it's not a race I have a particularly strong opinion on. What about the Derby trial, then? It's a race I know Ryan's done well in, in the past as well, and he has a favourite here with Anthony Van Dyke. Ryan Moore jocked up. Next price, he's 7-4, 7-2. Cap for Anse, 7-1. Eagles by day for Michael Bell and Danny Tudop. Then nines Pablo Escobar, 14s. Bigger the remainder. I mean, say these Derby trials, Aidan O'Brien tends to farm. Yeah. Anthony Van Dyke last season, absolute solid. Three wins, seven, uh, three wins out of seven. Was capped off his season when finishing ninth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Went off favourite and went off favourite. He'd be he, he won a Grade Two early on after his fourth start. He was busily campaigned. He was second in the National Stakes behind Quarto, which was a really good performance, I think, because Quarto in my opinion, would have been, well, probably is the second best three-year-old in this division. And then he was beat by two darn hot. He ran in all the top races last season. He'd obviously have credentials. He's, he's stepping up in trip to a mile and three, uh, mile three and a half here. Do you think he'll get it? I'm not sure. but <laughs> That's the thing. He's, he's by Galileo. But if you look at the dam side, he's... Say, his half brother in Australia, a group one winner in Australia, but from five to seven furlongs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure here. I'd be willing to take him on. He's slightly exposed, but Aidan O'Brien's a master with exposed horses. He, he can still improve in miles even after the two-year-old career. Cap Francais seven to two. He's a horse that I've liked since his debut. He went straight in my tracker on debut when he was second at Newbury. I, th- I thought he ran an eye-catching race. And then last time he was absolutely punted off the boards in the Blue Ribbon trial at, at uh, Epsom when he was beat well, by stable, stable companion to Anthony Van Dyke, Cape of Good Hope. I thought that he was, he didn't quite, what's, I can't really describe it. He got pulled out to go wide at, at Epsom and that's not the best thing to do. I think if he was given, if, if the race was to happen again, I think Gerard Mosse would have rode it again. I th- 
he gets back on board him here. I think he's interesting at seven to two. Um, he's obviously progressed. He's beat Turgenev and Arthur Kitt. The form has taken a knock with Arthur Kitt running at Chester this week. But I think that these two are the two standouts in this race, even though there is severance at a bigger price that I think after that win last time was absolutely devastating at Haydock on when the when it was an awful day. And you can pick pieces out of that form, but he beat a nice one in Apparate, I thought, who was second on debut at Newbury. So uh, Are we both liking the same twenty to one shot? Do we both like severance? Yeah, we do. I, I I think that maiden he ran in at a at Newbury work out quite well as well. Severance and raising sand double. <laughs> Mate. Podcast double for this week. Um so I think I I like Cat Francais and I like Severance. I'm the exact same, mate. Uh, I'm the exact same. They'd, they'd be my two. I'm looking to pick holes in Anthony Van Dyke. He may need the run. Cat Francais is fit. It the Epsom's very similar to Lingfield. He handled it but he he was just on the wrong part of the track, and I think that he will take all the beating here. I think 72 is a great price about him. I think Anthony Van Dyke is the best horse in this race. Yeah, but so do I. But again, I'm 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 being a bit of a pedigree nerd here again. But I say looking at his 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 dam was a five furlong winner. His half brother was a five furlong winner. His dam's by exceed and excel. You know, that that's not screaming out once a mile and a half to me. I know he's a Galileo, so there's obviously stamina on the sire's side. But I, I, I think you'd be looking, you'd be looking to try and get a horse with that much of a speed pedigree beaten over a mile and a half. Yeah. Although that being said, this could be, this could be the sort of race where even though it might be slightly further than the optimum for Anthony Van Dyke, the fact that he's a class horse in the race might just carry him home anyway. Yeah. Because I, I don't think anything in this all, but he's going to be a Derby winner. Yeah. Yeah. He tends to be the weakest of the Derby trials, only the Linfield one. Do you think sometimes it swings up a nice one? Who's Ed O'Brien won it with in the past? Kilimanjaro? What did he do? You know what I mean? I, I don't know why, but I always rate the Linfield Derby trial highly. No, who was it? Was it Sir Isaac Newton that was seriously fancy for this? I can't quite remember. Let, one minute, pal. Let me get it up. Let me get up the previous winners of of the Lingfield Derby trial, and let, let let me prove to you that it is not on the same level as the Chester Vars. It is a, atrocious. Well, not an atrocious race, but of you know you can you can tend to see that. Go on. Here, here we are. Who are these, Jim? Kilimanjaro, Nevis, Age of Aquarius is alright. Yeah. Alessandro Volta. They're the horses that O'Brien's won it with. But even looking back, the horses, the times, you know, he tends to have a runner in it every year. And when they get beaten, they're not beaten by good ones. Humphrey Bogart. Oh, I, I love Humphrey Bogart. I backed him that day. And he's in training with Nicky Henderson over hurdles. Dordoin. Mm. Mm. Who yeah. are they? Yeah. Linda's lad. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, even Linda's lad sounds like he should be running round first <laughs> on, a, on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Don't be so harsh to connections. No, it's, 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 it's never... I, I, it's, look, it's always a derby trial. I like the least, although a proper top-class one and it got beat last year, Jim. Can you remember who? Go on. Two Gardens. 
Kew Garden. That was the horse that I had the back of it in my head. Who I said Sir Isaac Newton. It's Kew Gardens. No, but I tell you, what, I think Sir Isaac Newton ran in this as well. Yeah. I mean, he was he was woeful. Yeah, he was. Uh, moving over to a, an actual quite decent derby trial, the Town Stud Race. Uh, again, no betting for it at the minute, but this tends to be a Ireland's leading leading derby trial, really, doesn't it? If if I uh, roll off the roll of honour of it, so you'll had some serious serious horses win this in the past. Fascinating Rock. You know, went on to be a, a group, group one winner, didn't he? Fame and Glory won this casual conquest. Dylan Thomas, Yates, Alam Shah, they're proper good horses. Maybe not quite seen one of that level, you know, over the past three or four years, really. But do we think there might be one in it this year? I mean, the, the field lines up as Anthony Van Dyke, we think he, when he's jocked up, he's going to Lingfield. Asda. <laughs> We're going to call him Asda, aren't we? Asda. Blenheim Palace. Blenheim Palace. Broom. Buckhurst, who was impressive on debut for Joseph O'Brien. Copia Verborum. Grandmaster Flash. Guaranteed. Japan, who's coming here instead of Chester. Uh, Pythian. Rakan. Sovereign. Turnbury Isle and Western Australia, who we think's already had about, what, five goals at races like this? Er... <laughs> uh, Broom is probably the place to start. Very impressive winner of the Ballysacks. Good two-year-old last season as well. Yeah, he certainly relished uh, the one-mile-two trip. His form was really, really solid last year, and he absolutely demolished the field in the Ballysacks by eight lengths uh, and a couple of reappos here. I think that that day really put him on the mark to be a serious derby horse. I think that that performance was up there with some of the top charts and he's 8-1 to one for the Derby in places. So I think that Broom has got a serious chance if he turns up here. We might as well go on to Japan, who is two from three. He obviously needed the run. With a lot of Aidan O'Brien two-year-olds last year, they sort of needed the run. But he ended up last season winning the Berries for Group 2 beating Mount Everest by a short head. I think that was a good performance. I think that he'll only progress more this season, Japan. He cost a lot, a lot of money, 1.3 million. He's related to Sir Isaac Newton and Secret uh, and Secret Gesture. I think that if he turns up, it'd be interesting to see Japan and Broom versus each other, to be honest. And we'll move on. I think it's a three-horse race if, if Broom... Uh, Broom, Japan and Buckhurst all turn up. I think it could be one hell of a race. Uh, Buckhurst was very impressive on debut. Absolutely blitzed the field in the end uh, from the back, I thought, and won with plenty in hand. The winning distance was only a nose, but he he got the job done, and it's very rare that Joseph O'Brien's horses win first time out. He beat Jack Yates. I I think that's a really, really good performance. I think this is a cracking race. Yeah. It's a watching race for me. I'm I'm not going to have a tip for it. I mean, half of that is down to the fact that no one's actually jocked up yet and we don't know quite, quite think, all the final field. So it's a hard race for me to pick a winner of, I think but I think it's a fascinating one. If you put me a gun to my head at this moment in time, I'd probably say Broom. I'd be with Broom. He's had the run this season already. He'll be ready to go again. Yeah, 
very, very fair comment. I can see where you're coming from. Although I would absolutely love the Derby winner to be called Asda. <laughs> I don't think you'll be winning it though. No, come on, the boy. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cracking race. We, 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 we've got two horses very, very prominent in the market for the Derby, really, in Broome and Japan. And a fascinating, unexposed type in Buckhurst there. Really, really good race, Jim. Uh, is that it for this week? Yeah. B- busy week ahead, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to Chester tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah, back back with time form, boys, so I'm, I'm, I'm on course. Well, there's Chester, Chester this week, isn't there? And then there's, York. And then I'm at York next week. So And there's decent racing here, Doc Ascot, Lingfield and Leopardstown this week. So, busy. if you're a racing fan, it could be either an expensive couple of weeks. Yeah, this is probably my favourite time of the flat season. All, all the derby trials, you know, sorting out of... A horse you might have a slight inkling about getting to see it tested. Yeah. Whether you know that that horse you saw win win a maiden round Nottingham, and you thought he looks quite special. Yeah. He's actually quite special. Yeah. You know it, it's a, it's a cracky it's a cracky one, and obviously we'll see all the Aidan O'Brien ones sort each other out. The you know his fifty million three year old Colts, which ones are actually quite good, and which ones. Will be being trained by Ivan Furtado in two years' time. <laughs> uh, is that it for this? No disrespect to Ivan. I think he's quite a good trainer up north as well. To yeah, be fair, he, he, has, he has some good winners. But uh, I think we'll wrap that up there, Jim. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to this weekend's action. Yeah, and don't forget, forget to, to like, share, and f- five give us stars. five stars. And uh, don't forget to do the raising stand. Uh, and severance double severance double which could pay mortgage on it millions see you later see you later